to the Roma Press Podcast with John Solano. Okay, Andy and I are back. It's a few days after Roma fall to Parma, 2-0, and it is now the international break. So conscientiously putting this out a few days to sort of fill the gap um, in what will likely be a very boring week. But Andy, it was uh, it was not a good performance at all. It was actually a terrible way for Roma to enter this uh, this international break. Did you take anything away from that performance, or did you think this was simply a case of fatigue finally caught up to this Roma? It has more or less been the exact same players playing every single match for two to three weeks now. So is was that a performance that worried you, where you thought, oh my gosh, Roma, some of their weaknesses or flaws were exposed or do you think this was simply a case of you know what Fonseca has been using the same guys they have a, several injuries and we'll get to this in a minute but Gianluca Mancini is returning to Rome uh, after a muscle injury while on uh, duty with the Azzurri so he might be another one who could be potentially added to this list so is this something or was that a performance that worried you or is that something that you're just you're not too concerned with it well, you know, I predicted a scrappy win. Uh, that did not pan out the way I, I hoped it would. But to me, it was just, um, you know, reality catching up to us because you had a tremendous run of, uh, believe it or not, three wins, um, three important wins in, in difficult circumstances. And at some point in time, the bubble uh, would have burst anyway because this is football. You You just can't go on. Uh, playing the way we did, especially in those three games, uh, and and not you know and, and and not letting the fatigue catch up to you. Played fifteen games in, in like uh, fifteen um, five games in fifteen days. Uh, you you moved across Italy or moved across Europe, and that 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 happens. Um, perhaps the one thing that worried me is how stale offensively we appear to be uh, in the, these final two games against Borussia Mönchengladbach and Parma. We just had nothing going for us uh, going forward. Um, and it says a lot if, you know, in both games, I would argue that uh, the best performers were Vertu and, and uh, Smalling. Um because that just says, you know, where where most of the play was taking uh, was taking place. Um, Vertu was was just basically running the whole show uh, uh, on his own legs. Uh, same for Smalling, who um, you know fell victim to uh, certain stupid mistakes ba- made by other uh, uh, teammates. The, the problem, the pro, the only problem for me is that. Yes, you're looking at you know two weeks off or you know whatever it is with the, with the international duty, but you have some players that are off, and Fonseca doesn't get to 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 see them. Uh, players like Jeko and Kolarov, who've played so many games. Kolarov has played every single game. I think uh, every single game till the very last minute. Um, Along with Paul Lopez, he's the the player that is the highest usage in our team, and he's 34. You can't have that right now with him, and and clearly he's not performing anymore. I know people like to jump on Santon because that's the easy name in these final two games, but Kolarov, in my opinion, was much much worse. Um, and and Jeko, Jeko, fatigue has caught up to him. Uh, 
the the thing that that it worries me um is that he's not he, he didn't get any shots off in these final two games i i can't really tell you whether whether he tried to score or not because i just don't remember i most of mostly i remember him playing basically as a trequartista way in the back and that's never good you know you need to have that uh that clinical finisher uh who will punish teams and right now in these final two games we just didn't have that we didn't have the clarity we didn't have the killer instinct that was needed um Call me crazy, but I think Pastore sustained the fatigue much better than, uh, uh, say, the likes of Clivert or Zaniolo. Yeah, the, it's funny because I thought the exact same thing. And, yeah, I, I think the Jekko thing is certainly a talking point. Um, he obviously started, well, I should say in the first couple of matches, he started out a bit slow. But um, after, after Roma began that sort of winning period, he certainly was scoring at a much higher rate and now these last two weeks he certainly has his scoring rate at least has fell off of a cliff but I would argue though I I feel like a lot of that coincides with some of the performances of the wing play or lack there of good performances from the wings I I know it's been a few days but uh you just said Santon is a easy name to pick on to pull out when things don't go well and yeah he wasn't good but the one, the one that really troubled me the most uh, was Clivert because I thought he was terrible against Parma. He's an interesting one because he just shows these flashes at times where he is so brilliant, and you can see every reason why Roma paid nearly twenty million or maybe more than that euros for him. But then you have performances like that one against Parma where. I tweeted out something where he's going to be such a sensational footballer once his brain starts communicating with his feet. And every time it looks like with him we have some sort of a breakthrough where you think, okay, this is it. He's finally understanding his capabilities. He just takes these steps back. And I thought that performance against Parma was a very big step back for him. Do you agree with that or are, are you not worried about well, him? You still think he's young. He's going to have there's going to be these ebbs and flows with him. Well, you know, um I th- but that you know, that applies not only to him, to me that applies also to that applies also to to uh, Zaniolo because I saw the same things against Parma with Zaniolo. Both Clivert and Zaniolo can have these moments where they're unstoppable. I mean, the same game you're talking about, Clivert had a run where he basically ran for like 40, 50 meters and dribbled past two uh, Parma players, completely left them in the dust. And then as he approached the the opponent's box, he, he completely misread the play and put a pass way too late and screwed the whole thing up, and you know, and we were stuck. And basically, that was it. That was one of the most dangerous situations that could have been much, much more dangerous. But because of something, he just could not deliver that final pass. Uh, and same applies to Zaniolo, who sometimes he gets stuck up on too many touches. He loves to touch the ball, uh, even in that Napoli goal. If you look at it, how many how many times he he clearly took you know before taking that shot that ended up as a goal. Um, he adjusted the ball so many times, and same against Parma and uh, in, in against Borussia Mönchengladbach as well. Sometimes he has those moments where, instead of 
thinking about it too much. He should just take the chance and 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 make the right play. I think Roma, uh, not only this season but in the past season as well, we've had so many times these players that, in instead of just going for it and 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 you know picking because <laughs> why was Totti so incredible? Because Totti did the most complicated things in a in a simple way, right? And so he he would play. I mean, in, in the end of his career, he basically played with one touch. And and he would always create some of the most dangerous uh, plays you could ever wish to see. And right now, we don't have those players that, well, aside from Pastore, who on a good day, he can do that. But uh, the wing play is has been so... Um, Lackluster when it comes to those plays, and you know if you if you look at the bench, where are you going to put Perotti? Perotti is world famous for just dragging the ball at his feet. Um, same for Under. Under is is one that needs so many touches before he gets anything done. And and, and both of Roma, them were terrible in the Europa League. Both of them, Perotti yeah, especially I mean, yeah. was really really poor. Yeah. Yeah, you can, and that's the thing because you're saying, okay, well, we've played the same players over and over. Why not just go back to the bench and rely on the bench? Well, you look at the bench. Who are we re- gonna rely on? I mean, Perotti, who still clearly hasn't recovered from I don't know two or three months of of absence. Uh, Under, who had 15 minutes of of game time uh, uh, in these past couple of weeks. We don't have a bench that right now could let us uh, uh, regain our strength. And the problem is that you don't have anybody that could replace uh, uh, Jekyll. That's that that's a problematic situation because, as Fonseca said, you know, the only real option out there is Zaniolo as a false nine. And I, I, I really, I don't... I, right now, I don't see it happening anytime soon, but it, 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 it will be probably addressed because... Unless you want to run some of these players into the ground and and have all these sorts of injuries uh, happen time and time again, you will have to address this issue. Um, Same for the fullbacks. And speaking of fullbacks, check out this segue. Um, Bruno Perez may return in January to this team. Maybe he will be the the, the key into securing Champions League for for next season. Well... That is a good segue because we had uh, Gianluca De Marzio just a couple of hours ago upon the time that we're recording this say that uh, Fiorentina, Lyon, Inter, all interested in Florenzi, who once again does not play. And it's another instance where, where see, for me, I just don't think it's a talking point. I, I don't, I'm not that interested in debating where Florenzi will go. Should he have a bigger role? But he's Roman, uh, Romanista, so it's almost like this will, it's almost like this is a given that this will be some sort of episode or talking point for everybody else. For me, I I don't really find interest in it, but still, you see a lot of people speculating what's going to happen to him. Some even think he should have a bigger role. You just mentioned Santon. He was bad at the weekend, and you had, I, I had at least two to three people fuming on my Twitter timeline that, oh, my God, how do you not put in Florenzi at his place? I, I, I mean, I don't even know what to make of it because, again, I'm not that interested in it. But do you think this is some 
Maybe I'm just not seeing it. Do you think this is actually a big deal or some sort of scandal or episode, whatever you would like to label it? Well, clearly people want to make a big deal out of this. I, I personally don't see it as a big deal because sometimes it happens. Sometimes players get benched for a number of games. It happens in every team. Um, so far, Florenzi hasn't said a word. So I this this whole paranoia overreacting it's it's annoying and i think fonseca is also getting annoyed by it because um in the press conference after the game he was he was he, he said again are we seriously going to talk about florence again well he needs to buckle up because there's going to be a whole lot of more questions about florence in the coming weeks and and I think they even asked the the players like Mancini. They asked them about Florence. It's you know that's that's probably the most annoying part about about this this whole uh, sport. The talking points, the needless talking points. To me, it's not a big deal, but you know, I don't, I don't. I mean, has if if. I think I think it's it sends a clear message. Everybody is t- touchable, and everybody that. Is replaceable, so you know the likes of Jekyll. You know you cannot bench Jekyll just for the heck of it because he's not performing. But he's your only striker. Meanwhile, Florenzi is touchable, and I don't recall Florenzi doing anything remotely uh, useful to to sort of redeem him in in the eyes of Fonseca. I mean, the games we've seen him in so far in the season he's not been good, not been good at all. And he's never really uh, gave a sense of uh, security to this team. Uh, that that 1-1 one, one draw with Borussia Mönchengladbach was when he came on as a substitute. And uh, I mean, he got ex- his side got exploited the whole time and then he missed that, that goal opportunity. So it happens, right? And I think every player has, has his turn. Um, we'll see what happens. Because I'm curious to see how this will unfold uh, because I'm also a bit skeptical about all these teams looking at Florenzi because it's something that we've been hearing for years that everybody's interested in Florenzi, but no concrete offer has been made. But, you know, the guy has one of the most popular uh, 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 agents in Italy and uh, he's a guy who wants to see his players play. So I, I'm interesting to see what happens, what what Petraki's move is. From there, there's a couple of things I want to bring up because I so I saw a lot of people saying, well, why didn't Florenzi, why didn't he come on and in place of Santon? I mean, is it any more obvious that Fonseca doesn't regard Florenzi as a fullback? I. I if you needed any further indication, you just got it at the weekend. I think it's very clear he considers him a midfielder, perhaps a winger. Um, I, I don't. I, I think it's pretty clear now that Florenzi no longer factors into the right-back conversation at Roma. And another thing I wanted to bring up, if anybody can recall, I know this was a few months ago, but if we travel back in time to that goodbye press conference, the very uncomfortable press conference that Totti gave. There were a lot of talking points. We discussed it on here pretty extensively. We weren't fans of it. But I think you know yeah. where I'm going with yeah, this. Yeah. And one of the things that he said, Totti said that he thinks the club is trying to de-Romanize Roma, trying to get the Romans, the Romanisti who uh, supported the club as children, who are now playing at the club, out of the club. Could you think of... <laughs> Can, can you just see it right now? I still now, cannot believe that he it? said that. I still cannot. I still cannot believe he said that. Well, there were a lot of things he said that I didn't like. Um, 
particularly to our good friend Sandro Alstini, but that's a, a whole different conversation that we can have. <laughs> um, but in all seriousness, um, I can just see it now. The conversations that would be had in January, should he leave the club, it would without question sort of give merit to those accusations I thought he made, though, yeah? Yes, of course. But uh, to me, <laughs> the only way f- for Roma to grow is to move beyond these things because they know what they're doing. Um, I, I, To me, that, that Roma thing, that the fact that Roma wants to get rid of the Romans is one of the stupidest things you can possibly Very say. Stupid. It's like Very the, stupid. It's like, it's like the easiest way out. It's ah, it's so, so childish to say that. It's it's like, oh, they won't let me play with, my to- with their toys. Oh, you know, like a little kid at the fucking playground. Um, yeah, it's seriously, it's, it's that simple. If I didn't, yeah, I mean, of of all the things that he had to say during that goodbye press conference, obviously the, the thing, the thing that he said to Sandro really, it still bothers me because I see people post that little clip of, yeah, Totti, yeah, what he was saying to him and you you can find it on your own and and discuss what you think it means. But, um, yeah, I, I wasn't a fan of that. And obviously that part is. it's so patently false because if that was the case, why would they hand him two to three renewals? Why would they hand Derossi two to three renewals? Why would they make, why would they hand Derossi the richest contract that has ever been had at Roma? And why would they, why would they say you're always welcome for, for a role in this club? Because they still have, you know, they are, they're still, they still offered Derossi a role in the club. They said, when you're ready, you, you come in here and, you know, we can find you something. And same for Totti. But whatever, this is besides the point. My point is that the day that Roma manages to get past these things and not treat them as important because the media says so, that that day will be that that will be the day when Roma make a concrete step toward a certain level of maturity that um, they haven't been able to 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 sustain in these years because they've always given in on these speculations on these rumors they've always responded to this the day that they stop addressing this this bullshit when they when they finally understand that you know we act purely out of a sporting perspective that's it if florenzi is not useful to you if florenzi or any other player any other player um doesn't fulfill the requirements of the coach doesn't fit in uh i don't into the locker room doesn't fit in into the game plan this goes for any player um then why not go look for somebody else why not let that player go I really don't understand this whole turmoil over a player that has been um, borderline mediocre at best uh, in in these last few years. Um, because had it, if it was any other player, I, I really I don't I don't see this whole this whole media tension uh, uh, boiling uh, as, as it has in the last week or so, because I, my head is already hurting for, from all the Florenzi news I've seen this very morning. Yeah, it's, it, here's my biggest issue with it. And the, the thing that I have always mentioned when it comes to Florenzi, when it co- comes to, or when it came to Dorossi, if that you know, if if a player has a poor performance, as you just said, Florenzi, he's been he's been mediocre. Um, if that player was not Roman, 
if he was not a Roma supporter. I mean, we see how quickly fans in particular are so willing to just toss a player aside, yeah? Especially new ones uh, that were brought in, particularly for, for a large price. Of the course, thing I don't get is why – now, I understand there's a, there's a bit of a mystique around being born in Rome, being a Roma supporter. I, I, I completely understand, and maybe even to an extent it's very fair. But if you are going to treat one to the polar opposite way that you're going to treat another, that's where my biggest issue comes in, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, of course. I just don't understand how – there's such a double standard. Is it it is a double standard. And I, you know, and it's, I mean, I remember the, the night when Florenzi made the mistake against Porto and, and, you know, and pulled the player's shirt. And I, I saw the comments on his Instagram. I saw people coming. They, they, those people that insulted him, his family, everything is his dead ancestors um, now are uh, 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 sitting and, and saying, uh, give us back Florenzi, you know. Uh, I, to me, it's so stupid. I really, I don't even, th- I don't even understand why we're talking about it. It's the player is on the bench. Florenzi is on the bench. He hasn't said anything. We don't know anything. It may as well be the most trivial thing in the world. Um, but just because it's Florenzi, it's it's you know, it's a case. It's a, it's a caso, uh, as we say in Italian. So to me, this is. It's stupid. I hope that he comes back from uh, international duty and sort of the the um, the air around this whole thing clears up. Um, and notice how as soon as as soon as as soon as the results don't go our way, this 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 takes the right. cake. This exactly. takes the cake. This becomes uh, uh, front page material as soon as we don't we we start to lose um, because in the previous games. It was going all perfectly. Florenzi wasn't playing any single minute, and nobody said a word. Um, we lose to Borussia Mönchengladbach in the death. We lose against Parma, and it's a full-blown uh, uh, case, mystery case. Agreed. Hey, very quickly, a brief word from our sponsor, my bookie. Hey, NBA, NFL, college basketball fans, are you tired of watching the games from the couch with nothing to gain? My bookie wants to get your mind off everything else and back on the game. If you join right now, my bookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. So if you're going to bet this season, do the smart thing and go to mybookie.ag because no one gives you more ways to win. That's mybookie.ag and enter promo code LATEFEES. That's promo code L-A-T-E-F-E-E-S to get that 50% match bonus up to $1,000. Visit mybookie.ag today. You play you win, you get paid with my bookie. Yeah, I, I completely agree. I think I said that on the previous episode or two, that these things go away when you win. So when results don't go Roma's way, these are the things that are going to be on the front line of everybody's talking points. And I couldn't agree more. I, I think it's I, I think it's lazy and i think it's useless to talk about and as you just said florenzi hasn't said a single thing about this um and i just find it interesting i i don't 
Now, obviously, agents are willing to leak stuff like this all the time because in Di Marzio's report, it said something to the extent of Florenzi is growing tired. He doesn't want to risk losing his place at the Euro next summer. So if things don't change by January, he's going to leave. Well, I, I, I mean, Florenzi hasn't said anything. So unless he's going to his agent and his agent is leaking this to Gianluca Di Marzio, I, I just I don't buy any of this. So that's why it's to me, this entire thing is silly. Um, so before we go, Roma, they when they come back from the break, they have Brescia, they play away in Turkey to Besaksa here, and then they play away to Verona, and then away to Inter. So this next four matches, this stretch of four matches, is going to be extremely critical. <laughs> I mean, unless they get some names back, I, 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 I just... It's going to be difficult for them to come out of this, um, in my opinion, completely unscathed. I think this is going to be very difficult. I know Verona looks like a very easy match, but their defense is incredible. They're incredibly well set up, which is astounding because I think Ivan Jonic is one of the worst managers in all the city. But um, are you at all worried about this upcoming stretch? Because, again, they they still keep getting these injuries. Um, Under, Perotti, while they've come back, they both have looked terrible. They're still missing Cristante. Mancini, now they're saying it's not exactly a muscle injury. It, it was more just muscle fatigue, and it's he's he's leaving the national team as a precautionary measure. But how worried are you about this upcoming stretch? Well, you know, as you said, it's it, it, it all depends on who we get back. If I get Mkhitaryan fit and ready to go, like really ready to go, not Perotti-like ready to go, um, then I think we can get through this stretch uh pretty well like uh you know i mean those are games those thir- first three games are games that you have to win that you should win um inter we'll see that's a that's a whole other thing because it all depends on how the team approaches that game um and yeah i mean uh, you know brescia besaksha here and and verona are doable but you need to have a team ready for it. And if Mancini is not ready, then I expect Fazio to be better. I expect Diawara to be ready to go and, and, and you know, play like his life depends on it with uh, Vertu. I want to see the same work rate that Vertu has uh, displayed in these uh, games um, for all other players at Roma, um, for all those healthy ones. And, uh, you know... Uh, it's it's then what then maybe Pellegrini comes back now that's uh, that to me that's a very important uh, piece to the puzzle Pellegrini um, because he can he he's you know he's offered and when it was when the ball was rolling and and he was on top of his game he was offering you so many things um, hopefully we can we get to see the same Pastore as we've seen uh, in, in this good stretch. And, you know, I expect a team that um, has learned from the Parma game. I expect Fonseca to learn a, a thing or two about his substitutions. And I think he's clearly revaluating the substitutes. I mean, it's impossible to to look at Perotti and consider him to look at this version of Perotti and to consider him even a, a, a worthy supporting actor because right now he's not. Um, Il Tempo has reported that Perotti is one of the players that Roma look uh, to to maybe uh, sell in, in January. That gives you a hint about his importance to this squad, which is almost non-existent right now. So, 
to me it all depends on on on, on the fitness and 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 what what Fonseca is able to do with these guys in these in these uh, uh, two weeks of international duty. I do think the break came at a very crucial time because obviously they need to, I, I think, rest most of all. They need to recalibrate a little bit. They're coming off two losses. Hasn't happened the entire season. So, yeah, I, I think this international break is coming at a good time, and hopefully we can recover, as you just said, some very important pieces such as Pellegrini. Uh, so that is where we will leave it. It's the international break, so I uh, don't really know when we'll be back. Hopefully early next week, I'm thinking, um, ahead, of the, uh, ahead of the upcoming stretch of matches, starting with the one on Sunday against Brescia. So as always, thank you so, so much for listening. If you can continue to leave reviews for us on places such as iTunes, that really, really helps. Um, and until next time, ciao.